You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. to ask you a question. Are these difficult and trying times that we're in? Okay, just for a few people. The rest of us is okay. Praise Jesus. So the question I want to ask is, what are the times trying? It's trying our faith. Praise the Lord. What is our faith? When we say times are trying, if you're in school and they set an exam for you, what are they testing? What are they checking to find? What is the lecturer looking to find or the prof or the, sorry? To find out whether you've learned what you were to learn, isn't it? So the test is not a punishment. It's actually an occasion for shining. Praise the Lord. You see, um, I've told us here, I don't know any sport that I'm good at. When the few times I play soccer, I never call for them to give me ball, except I'm standing in front of the post and there is nobody. Because I'm always afraid that if they give me ball and they take it from me, I won't be happy. My teammates won't be happy, right? But when you see those who really know how to play, even if they're surrounded by five people from the opposing team, they still call for ball, right? No, sir? Because they know that when that ball comes, they have a way of passing through all those opponents. That is what test about. When a test comes, it's not really bad or good, or it just shows who you are. Are you with me? So trying times, they don't diminish us. They make us manifest. And my prayer is that you manifest as gold in the name of Jesus. Yes, it comes to check who you really are. Now, the Bible says in Galatians 2.20, it says, I, you, we, that are Christians have been crucified with Christ. He said, nevertheless, what happens? Galatians 2.20, please. Thank you. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who what? But Christ is living in me. Let's just stop there. So, when a test comes, the test is coming to check. Who is living? Is it Christ that is living or is it me that is living? Praise the Lord. Now, depending on my response or my reaction or what comes out of me in that test, I can say truly that Christ is the one word living in me. Okay? So the test is a time for revealing, a time to see, to find out what stuff you are or I am really made of. What are my components? Is it all talk? Is it all noise? You know, uh, marriages begin and it's always a joyous occasion. We receive weddings this year. Praise the Lord. It's a beautiful and joyous moment when you see weddings, you know, being conducted because you see hope, you see expectation, you see love, you see joy. And you can see them say, I do, I forsake, I love you for better, for worse, and all of that. But it's also saddening. Two years, three years, eight months, four years down the line, you see the same people saying, you're crazy, you're stupid, you're this, and you're wondering. I thought you said I do. I thought you said for better, for worse. So you really didn't mean what you said. 
What she should have told us is, as long as I feel good about you. Praise the Lord. Should we change the marital vow to mean that? Because when you say for better or for worse, you know what it means? It means for better or for worse. And it's beautiful that that vow concludes with says, till death do us what? Part. So you must understand that trying times actually just to come to check whether you really meant what you said. So I don't know what you have said. I don't know what you have, you know, told the Lord. I don't know what you have told your spouse. I don't know what you have told your employer. I don't know what you have told your friends. I don't know. But simply, difficult times just come to check. They just want to ascertain what it is. Praise the Lord, somebody. What you really believed versus, this one is personal now. What you really believe versus what you thought you believed or what you wished you believed. You know, I'll do this for the Lord, I'll do this for the Lord, I'll do this for the Lord, I'll do this for the Lord. The easiest way to check your belief is to check what you have done. Do you know that? It's not what you say. Praise God. So, Proverbs 24, verse 10. It says, if I faint in the day of what? Adversity. What happened? It says, my strength is small. It's not the adversity that wounded me. It was my strength that failed me. Praise the Lord. Are we getting it now? If I faint in the day of adversity, adversity made me faint. No, it was my strength which was weak that was manifested in the day of what? Adversity. Praise Jesus. Let's look at that passage from another translation, the Living Bible. Okay, let's leave the Living Bible last. Let's look at message. It says, if I fall to pieces in a crisis, say there wasn't much to me in the first place. It means I was made in China. Hallelujah. China has finished us in Nigeria. How many of us have replaced a doorknob recently? If you replace your old doorknob, you buy a China one. It's very, you know, shiny, maybe gold, silver, beautiful design. You open it the first day. You open it the second day. A guest comes that doesn't handle it with care. He just opens it, the thing breaks off. Two months hasn't passed. What has happened? It's not that the guest spoiled your door. It's that the doorknob is what? It's fake. If you fall to pieces in a crisis, what is it? There wasn't much. I don't want to even be using you. I'm talking to myself. So if I fall to pieces in a crisis, there wasn't what? Much to me in the first place. We are looking at this because we want to receive strength today. So that no matter what happens, you'll be immovable and unshakable. Praise God. Okay, so let's look at the Living Bible. That one, it's a bit more harassing. That's why I said let's keep it for the last. Yes, read it. I want you to read it to me. So, if... Praise the Lord. Do you see that? You know we can close church now. You've had enough for today. You see... Brethren, at a time when we were doing church, okay, we came one morning, the old church, we came one morning. The landlord had locked the door of where we are using. Now, it would have been an easy thing to gather in front of the place and ask fire to burn this man, isn't it? How can he prevent the people of God from gathering? You know what we did? We moved to my house then. This was many years ago. We'll say two. We moved to my house. We held whatever we could hold as service for those who will come. And we prayed for the man. 
But the only extra prayer we added was that God will make us landlords too. So that nobody will lock the door on us. Are you getting it now? It's so easy in adversity to respond wrongly. And then when we respond wrongly, we'll fail. Our Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from what? Now, the average person prays that prayer, deliver me from evil being done to me. Do you know that that prayer also implies deliver me from doing evil? Praise the Lord. So, deliver me from evil. Deliver me from evil being done to me. But most importantly, deliver me from doing evil. So, in adversity, the key thing you must hold on to and see to it is that you don't begin to do evil. And that is where all adversity wants to push us to. Praise the Lord. And that is where we will receive strength never to go to. 2 Timothy 3. It says, but know this, that in the last days, what's going to happen? Perilous times will come. It says, for men will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, healthy, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Okay, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. Now, just hold on, hold on. You know what is happening here? Verse 1 said, in the last days, perilous times will come. Some of these people were not all that. But perilous times made them that. Are you with me now? Perilous times made them that. So, in our country, Nigeria, the times we are in... Is making a lot of things. My, my wife was telling me just the other day about somebody who gathered used um, plastic bottles, water bottles, ragolis, um, you know, whatever name, and took well water and was filling it and was selling in the traffic. I bet you, if times were not this bad, he wouldn't do it. But he sits down and tells himself, How man for do? Do you understand? He has to survive. It's even possible that the person who is doing that had a proper water shop and it was demolished. I saw the demolition of um, Geshiri the other day. And I could see the FCDA man, if you are listening to him, you see that the man hasn't suffered before. The way he was talking, you know that he hasn't experienced adversity. That's one of the benefits of adversity. Adversity makes you human. It helps you to know that people feel pain. Praise the Lord. So the man was just saying that we, we gave them notice. We gave them notice eight years ago. The people you gave notice eight years ago cannot be the people you're demolishing their house. And to demolish now, they didn't give them any notice. In the morning, they just moved in with police, security, and started demolishing. And you asked him, he said that the people that are robbing Maitama and robbing Asokoro. So you can see that his eyes are coming from the position of the wealthy, this, you know, the comfortable, those who are lifted in the society. Sorry, the man said that these people are the criminals that are robbing and, you know, uh, um, stealing from people in Asokoro and uh, 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 Maitama. I said the problem is that this man is harassing those who are stealing 50,000. The people in Maitama and Sokoro are the people who are stealing 100 billion. Okay? Anyway, so perilous times will squeeze out something from me. It will squeeze out something from you. Thank God today is communion because we are going to 
receive Christ inside of us like never before. So that whatever happens to me, whatever you and I experience, the only thing that can come out and that will come out from us will be what? Thank you, sir. Will be Christ. Because you see, you can't give what you don't have. If you don't have hate, if you don't have wickedness, no matter the wickedness people do to you, you can't bring it out. It's not possible because it's not in you. And you might be called foolish. Remember, we are referred in the scriptures as sheep. No matter what you do to sheep, sheep can't bite you. Do you know that? No matter what you do to sheep, sheep can't attack you. You know why? Because the sheep, the nature of the sheep is to depend on the shepherd. So you do whatever you do to the sheep, it waits on the shepherd for protection. It waits on the shepherd for deliverance. It waits on the shepherd for guidance. That's it. So the same way for you and I in this time, we must understand because this will help us properly navigate the times that we're going through. Because it's truly difficult times, challenging times, testing times, both politically, economically, you know. And the danger of this is that as this pressure comes, it is going to be disseminated in different areas. So marriages are going to have pressure and test, and your husband will begin to look to you like irresponsible. He's not irresponsible or useless. He's not useless or even ugly. Or even with mosquito leg. It's none of that. The only problem is that Wahala has filled your head. So you're looking for where to offload the blame. You know the average human being, his response to problem is blame somebody. Did you know that? Adam is our father, isn't he? When they sinned, what did he say? When God asked him, what happened? He said Eve. When they asked Eve, what did Eve, our first mother? Eve, what happened? So the average response you and I have to problems is to blame somebody. So in a relationship, now you just have to be careful. So if you're wise, when somebody is blaming you for something, just know that. I, I remember, okay, I hope my sister won't listen to this message. But when I wanted to marry, you know, my wife, my sister was saying, no, 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 you won't marry her. No, you won't marry her. So my dad smiled. He told me, say, don't mind her. She's concerned about the money that he used to give her that he now started giving to your wife. You know, so immediately he, he dissected. Now, my wife and my sister, after we got my, are closer. If you see them gisting, if I come in, it's as if I'm a stranger. They're so close. But because she was thinking, how can my 24 year old brother, she's my only kid sister. By the mercy of God, I was doing well. So, I mean, I was very generous to her. Then all of a sudden, another woman comes in. And becomes my wife. Displaces her. She said, no, this won't happen. My dad said, don't mind her. Her problem is that she has calculated. If you marry now, what is coming to her will reduce. Now, that, that is a way to understand issues. So somebody all of a sudden comes in and starts shouting. And starts making noise. and start, Just know that it's fuel subsidy wahala. It's transport wahala. Do you understand? You just diffuse it. Just eliminate it. Say, okay, Olga, calm down. Sorry. <laughs> Are you getting what we're talking about? Perilous times will come, and because of that, it will push out things out of men. And that is why you and I have to be, you know, very desperate to receive the life of God in us at this time. You know why? What you and I have is cast now. Praise the Lord. You see, Christianity is not shouting. It's not making noise. 
No, Christianity is the life of Christ manifested in every circumstance and in every situation. I get it. Now will be the real test of Christians in your neighborhood, everywhere, at your workplace. People will become mean. Can you just put from two now, from verse two? It says people become lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They'll become proud, blasphemers, disobedient, unthankful, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Why? Because of the pressure. You know, I was telling my wife again, I said, now, when you go to buy for some of us that do big man, stay inside the car and say, fill up. Nobody does that this time around. Have you seen anybody sitting inside the car and say, nobody does that. In fact, they need to buy that thing that kerosene, how many of us remember kerosene sellers those days? I don't know if they still have it. That you see the glass and with the gauge. So they pump from the tank and it enters the glass. And you see where it measures, then they up, offload it into your car. They don't make it, they have to make it too. Because you know, before a lot of gas stations adjust their pump. If somebody adjusts his pump now for a car like mine, he can steal 20,000 from you. Because my car is about 60,000 to fill, 100 and something liters. Okay? So this is where we are. And this pressure is going to keep coming. Now it's an occasion for you and I to manifest Christ. Now, are we saying it's going to be easy? No, we can't say that. Come with me to John 16, 32 and 33. It says, Indeed the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you'll be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. Jesus was speaking to them just before his crucifixion. He says, And yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. But 33, let's read 33 together. He says, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have what? Let's read that again. These things I've spoken to you that what? In me you may have peace. In the world you will have what? Listen now. Jesus is the truth. Everything he speaks, he speaks the truth. I think it was Dr. Gideon that told us some time ago. He says, the thing about truth is this. Truth is not truth unless it's nothing but the truth. Right? And then truth is not truth if it's not all of the truth. Are you with me? Then truth is not true. If it's not the whole truth, it's not truth. So Jesus said here, he could have said, don't worry me, you have peace, go. No, he said, in me you have peace. He didn't stop there. He said, in the world you will have what? Uh That's the problem a lot of people have. They like to hear people who tell them, peace, 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 peace. They don't tell them where there's trouble. Okay, so this explains for some of us how when you were in school, the lecturers you loved, you don't love them so much now. The ones you didn't love are the ones you love now. Because those were the ones that warned you, that, you know, put you through the test and made you appreciate the challenges of life and what it means to really be a success. There were some that were just nice to you. Jesus could have said, in me you have peace. Was it the truth? It was the truth. But it wasn't all the truth. All the truth was in the world. What are you going to have? Tribulation. And that's why you find, you know, in times, a lot of Christians start this journey, you know, the Christian faith. And along the line, they fall back, they backslide, they give up, you know, they're downcast. They just are hopeless, they're wandering. Because they never got all the truth. It's like marriage. You know, there's been pressure to save for marriage vows, you know, for better, for better. 
Anybody who is going to do that is going to be setting up the young couple, you know, for frustration. How can you bring two people from different backgrounds, you know, different mindsets, and put them in one house and say, for better, for better? It's not possible. Praise the Lord. It's not possible. There are going to be times where there will be disagreement, there will be friction. But the good news is that if you stick together, you will make it through in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So Jesus said, in me you have peace. In the world you... Can we read 33 again, everybody? These things are spoken to you. That in me... The Holy Spirit just showed me a word there. Should I show you the word? He said, in me you may have. In the world you are sure to have. In me you may have peace. Right? In the world you will have... Hallelujah. Now, in the world it is assured you that you will have tribulation. In me, if you cooperate with me, you will have peace. In me, you may have. It's not automatic. That's part of what we're going to learn here. In me, there is peace, but you have to cooperate. It says, these things he said to the Jews who believed in him. It says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Then you shall know the truth, and then the truth shall do what? Set you free. That is the whole truth. Can you just love on the Lord Jesus? So somebody says, but since I became a Christian, things have been like this for me. When you become a Christian, you have entered in. Okay? Now, when you enter in, the master gives you instructions, which is part of what we're going to learn today. He gives you instructions. As you follow these instructions, you can be assured of peace. But if you don't follow these instructions, you will be in him, but you will not be getting the benefits of being in him. Can you please help us put Psalm 91 on the screen? Just verse 1. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall what? Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay? Now, give us uh, Proverbs 18.10 now. We're going to come to look at both of them together. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. The righteous run into it and are... Okay. Now, these two passages are talking about safety and protection. The picture that you cannot miss if you look at this is that there is a place you have to be in. The name of the Lord is what? What happens to the righteous? They run into it and they are what? If the righteous is not in it, is it safe? Psalm 91 verse 1. The secret place of the Most High. Is there he who dwells you can decide to dwell in it and you can decide what not to dwell in it now do you know why adversity comes adversity is coming to move you out of that place it's coming to shift you out but before we do let's look at easy to read version of both of them and amplified just for clarity thank you it says you can go to God most high to what you can go to God All-Powerful for what? So they say going. So in this season, we have to press in. We have to go. In. That's why, you know, you know, when this whole news came up, okay, it's easy. The average one amongst us, I know there might be a few, you know, super spiritual people, and that's where we want to attain. We want to get super. What you begin to calculate is yourself, isn't it? You begin to check how you're going to make it, how you're going to adjust, how you're going to do this, how you're going to adjust. That is beautiful. But do you know that where you are is where every other person is? But 
do you know that the shepherd, the one who has the mind of Christ, when he hears this, he begins to say, ah, that's my neighbor that already was going through difficult times. How is he or she going to make it? Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now, there are two different responses. But there are very genuine responses. The other response places you in line with where God is. Who is the shepherd, the protector of all people? When you think like that, you align yourself with him. You bring out yourself from where those who have problems are to those who need solution to solve problems. How many want to be on that side? That's what we're talking about. Can we see Amplify, please? Okay. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain what? Stable. And what? Fixed. Under the shadow of the Almighty. There is a stability that is necessary. You remain who you are. You remain where you are. Praise God. Let's look at the Proverbs 18 before we move now. The same is easy to read version and amplify. Proverbs 18.10. It says the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. Those who do what is right can what? Run to him for protection. So there is a doing of what is right and the location. Two things important, don't miss it. There is a doing of what is right and a location. Anytime, no matter how justifiable the situation is, that the enemy pressure adversity in perilous times, able to get you to do what is wrong, you have left the location. Praise the Lord. How many of us have had reasons to be mean? People have shown you pepper. So you become mean. You know what they did? They moved out of the house. That's the whole purpose. Praise the Lord. You see, we all, all of us, once you're born again, you're like a job. There's an hedge that God has built around you. And Satan, most times, is just running around that hedge. He's looking at you. He can't touch you. He can't come close to you. But when he introduces or permitted to introduce adversity, if you're not careful, you yourself will run out of that hedge. And when you run out, he smiles. Do you know that from our first parents... If Adam and Eve just waved to the serpent, he would have just continued eating uh, whatever he was eating. All that temptation was to come out from under God. Are you with me? The shouting, the argument, the provocation, all of that is to bring you out because where you are, he can't touch you. Praise the Lord. He can't touch you. No, he can't do any of that. Okay, let's look at the Amplify, please. Amplify says, the name of the Lord is a... The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, does what? Runs into it and is saved high and above evil and strong. That's how we deal with it. We push into the location. You know, there's this that has happened with us in Christianity and it's unfortunate. Someday I was just studying and I don't know what I was studying. And the Lord said, do you know that people have made prayer into an idol? Now, what is prayer, basically? Prayer is communication with my maker, right? With God, okay? Now, do you know that a lot of people pray without thinking about God? When I say prayer point, no matter the prayer point I pray, that's my wish. What has power is God's wish. That's why the Bible says, and we know that whatever we ask, according to his word. How many times have you heard people say, ah, do you know that every prayer I prayed was according to his will? What you hear people say, I prayed seven hours. I prayed 50 hours. I prayed on the mountain. I prayed in the river. I prayed by the riverside. I prayed in the burial ground. I prayed in this. I... All of that is activity. 
excursion. I get in it now. And that's what people want to hear. The most important thing about prayer is the one who answers, what does he say? What is his will? And we know that whatever we ask, according, a lot of it is waste of time. So you see people, they say, God is not here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, prayer has been made into an idol. I know what it suits people when it's done like that. They feel okay. They feel okay. They prayed for me. We prayed. You're not asking about the God, the omnipotent God, the controller of the universe, the one who says it and it is done, the one who, if he says no, nobody can say yes, the one who shuts a door and no man can. You are not asking where he is on that matter. Praise the Lord. That's what the scripture is saying. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The consistently righteous man, upright and in right standing with God, runs into it and is what? There's a position. So, you know, prayer is so important. But prayer is only for connection to God to bring down his will and his purposes on earth. Praise the Lord. Prayer is not to do my will. Prayer is to have his will. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In order of priority. In order of preference. So first of all, you can be sure that the name of the Lord will be what? Hallowed. Whether you like it or not, his name will be hallowed. Okay? Thy kingdom come. Now, what begins to get interesting for us now is that when we get to thy will be done, we are praying that we will become part of that will being done. Because his will will also be done. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, the, the scripture makes it clear. There's a place we need to stay now. Still talking about adversity. All the enemy is working on and is pushing us and is pressing us is to press us into that point where we step out. Now, I give you a few illustrations and, and we'll try and close here. In Egypt, we know that after the 10 plagues, or rather the 10 plague was when the Lord gave the instruction, okay? He said, take the lamb, you know, kill it. Put the blood on the lintel and on the doorpost, right? Praise God. Am I right? And it says the angel of death is going to pass. And when the blood is there, the Lord will pass over and not allow the angel of death to come in. Now, I want to let you in on something. Do you know that the blood alone was not the safety of the people? Moses was told, tell them they should stay indoors and shut the door. And then put the blood outside. So the blood is outside. They are not even seeing the blood. Now while they are inside. We've learned this here before. They will hear screams. They will hear shoutings. They will hear all kinds of noises. And it might seem as if their house is next in line. This thing that is happening. Is going to come into their house and kill everybody. But the instruction was what? Stay indoors. If they open that door. They neutralized the power that was in the blood. Now you are a Christian. God has made covenants with you. The day you respond like an unbeliever, you step out of the door. The devil is complaining about you. God, you are putting heads round about him. He's trying to call you out. He's trying to bring you out. And how is he going to do that? Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, what's his name? Um... Saul's um, relative, Shimei, it was Shimei. was the man that was kicking dust on David when he was running? It was Shimei. That was kicking dust, Saul's relative. That was kicking dust on David when he was fleeing from Absalom. You know, insulting him, Shimei. Now, when Solomon took over as king, I, I wish you can find the story so that you can read it at home. You know, please, if you find it. 
When Solomon took over as king, he said to the man, I'm not going to kill you, but this is what I'm going to do. You remain in, I think it was Bethlehem or wherever, and don't, never just go out, just remain there. As long as you're there, you live to arrive, you know, old age, and then no problem. I forgive you, but just don't leave that place. You know what happened? After a couple of months, or weeks, or years, I don't know, his servant, they took his donkey and went on a journey. He was so angry. He got up, saddled his own donkey, and left Bethlehem to go and catch them. When the news came to Solomon, he told him, you see yourself. Every time the enemy is going to get us, he has to entice us to come out of the place of safety. To come out of the place of protection. Now, that place of safety or protection is not a physical place. Can I tell you what? The children began to speak to us. They said to us that love works. Do you know that anytime you and I step out of love, we step out of God? Anything that is not motivated, and this love we are talking about is not love of uh, I feel good. No, it's love according to God's definition of love. It's love that, you know, that does not think about self, that does not boast, that is not proud. It's love that just sees things the way God says it. It's a, a level of godliness. That is what keeps us safe. It might seem stupid. It might seem old school. In fact, today's world is actually really old school. But look at the life of Joseph. What was his safety? Joseph just stayed in love. Joseph stayed in love. Do you know that some of us, if we had had opportunity with that butler in prison, what we'll be asking is Potiphar's wife, give me her head on a platter of gold. And then maybe Potiphar, give me his hand. Cut off his two hands. Do you understand? These were offenses that he could lay hold of. But do you know Joseph never remembered it? He never dealt with it. Even when he became, you know, prime minister of Pharaoh. Have you ever wondered that he didn't summon Potiphar and the wife? I say, jump up, kneel down, slap your wife. It would have been for no. He didn't do all of that. You know what? He was consumed with the love of God and the agenda of God and the purpose. He had higher goals to pursue. So God could interact with him. Some of us are too base. The things that annoy us, if we had our way, the things we are going to do will be like Shemeh. We'll go to catch somebody that stole our 4,000 naira. Meanwhile, you have 4 million in your account. I know one Christian many years ago in Lagos. Fine Christian lady. But I always wondered. When this lady dealt with um, artisans, okay, I mean, it's not too bad. But when she dealt, if you're a plumber now or you're a carpenter and you bring an invoice to her, when she brings the money, she will pray on the money and place a curse if you cheat her. <laughs> That's extreme. Do you understand? That's extreme. Is that what you're going to use the anointing for? I'm sure the people who took the money never cheated her. I'm sure fear will catch them. But you see, Will God want to pour more anointing and more prosperity on you with that? No. It's not the nature. So, in essence, what we're saying is this. Second Samuel 16. When you go home, if you didn't know the story, please read it so you can get the gist of the whole thing. In essence, God is saying to you and I, today that we're here, we have a place of safety we need to run to. Let the pressure not push us out. Let the difficulties of the time not make us be angry with who we shouldn't be angry with. Let the, the affliction, if there's any price to pay, please, can you pay it from yourself? Are you with me? I was listening to um, Pastor Patience, your uncle. She was saying that some years ago, the Prime Minister of India 
actually pleaded with India as a nation that there will be fasting twice a week, not for any spiritual purpose, for hunger, so that there will be enough food. So if one, whatever it is that one needs to do, don't go into wickedness, please. Don't refuse to pay your creditors, please. And don't refuse to help people, please. Are you hearing me? Don't, because when you do that, you will step out of the house. The blood was put on the doorpost and God said, I have it set to, but you, you have to stay indoors. You have to remain under my care. Praise the Lord. I'll give you another illustration. Rahab the harlot, when the nation of Israel, you know, sent spies there, she said to them, we know what is up. God has given this city over to you, okay? And the spies said, that's not a problem. We're going to save you and your family. But two things. Say, this scarlet rope, tie it out of your window so that when we come, we'll see your house, okay? And no. Then secondly, Rahab requested that she and her family will be saved. What did they tell her? They said, now, all that your family you're talking about, what? Gather them and make sure they're in the house. Let anyone not leave. If they leave, their blood is on their head. What am I announcing to us here? If you enter into wickedness, you have stepped out. If you enter into unkindness, if you enter into unthankfulness, if you enter into unloving, is there anything like unlovingness? If you enter into anything outside of who a Christian should be, because of the times that means the enemy has achieved his purpose but what you and i can do is in this time bless in this time if you don't have the finance just be nice do you know that the world is actually help how many of us have had a good day not because someone gave you money but because someone was smiling and nice to you it makes a difference some of us will enter into offices and we're going to see the ceo of the office until we see the ceo everybody there is like plywood we don't even answer their greetings. You know, people do that. But imagine if you come to see the CEO of an organization. And from the security man, say, hello, how are you? How is your day? Good day. God bless you. You say to the receptionist, hi, how are you? You greet them. When they see you walking out with the CEO, you've not given them any money. But just that you took note of them, lifts their spirit. That's what you should do now. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, how many would like that to be done to them? How many of us have been in situations where people just treated you anyhow? I remember a story when we were building um, the former church. And we're still building. So some people came to market us. I can't remember what they came to market for. You know, um, one of the supplies for the building. And when they came, they passed me. I greeted them. You know, I'm pastor. So I just greeted them. You know, I didn't know who they were. So I greeted them. They didn't answer my greeting. They went and finally found the, um, the people who were working. And they say, who is the chief engineer in this site? They say the chief engineer is not around. They say they have something. They say, okay, you, you should talk to the pastor. So when they pointed to me, the people left. So I was asking them, what did the people come for? They said they came to market something. And they were looking for a BWOS, you know, just the engineer. So I said, so, I said, when we told them, they didn't, they didn't respond. They just left. Because they knew that their case had finished. So it was, what are we answering your greeting? We didn't come here to be exchanging pleasantries with yeah, yeah, men. We want to see all that. I know we're very young then, how, maybe 20 something years then. So he was expecting maybe to see a, a bearded man with grail, you know. And that's how they left. Now, what, what are we saying here? It's natural for adversity to make you mean, to make you difficult, to make you, you know, 
stingy, to make you unreasonable, to make you all of that. But we're not natural people. Praise the Lord. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, what? Now, it is no, sorry, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that what? Lives in me. So, adversity should push out Christ from me. To my, close to me, to those far from me, everybody I mean, let them live and wonder, are there such people still in this nation? Are there such people still in this environment? Even in our disagreements, let me tell you, I've told us here one of the things I do. When I have disagreements with people, that's even when I pray more for them. Because you see, I don't want the enemy to tell God that you call him your son. He's not behaving like you. Do you understand? You have to be careful. The power, the Bible says, Ephesians 1, 3, please, you can put it for us. The Bible makes us understand that we have been blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has what? Blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places where? In Christ. Christ is a location. That's where the blessing is. The moment I step out, I relinquish my benefit and my position in Christ. So the fight of faith is to make sure I remain in him. There are several dimensions to it. There is the dimension of our confession. Where you never speak anything contrary to what Christ wants you to say. Or contrary to the truth. When our Lord Jesus Christ was teaching faith, he said, have faith in God. You know, Mark 11 from 20, 21, 22 down. Have faith in God. Okay? For I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And does not doubt in his word, heart. He shall have whatever he says. Now, whatever you're saying is an indication of what is in your heart. Praise the Lord. Or whatever you're saying is an indication. You really never speak reality. You speak your faith. That's the truth. And then your faith becomes your reality. So, are you going to make it? Let me say I will make it in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Why? Because God will help you. God will. You're not finished. I'm sure when this thing, some people start and say they're finished. You're no longer finished. Praise the Lord. I say you're no longer one. He will make a way even where there seems to be no way. Amen. We say to whatever obstacle that has come up against the people of Nigeria, it shall be moved aside in the name of Jesus. And Nigeria will fulfill purpose. That righteousness that is prophesied over Nigeria, it will come to pass. And very soon. It won't tarry. I said it won't tarry. It will not tarry in the name of Jesus. It's going to bring joy. There will be a lifting of head. Listen, when things begin to go bad like this, as if he doesn't want to stop, it's because he knows his time is up. This year alone, if you count the Wahala we've been through, nations that are at war have not gone through the problem we've gone The only difference is that they're not dropping bombs. Electricity has not been so bad. Cashless, fuelless. <laughs> now there's fuel, the problem is the price, Abby. <laughs> we've not seen it like this, okay? But it's an indication. That resurrection is coming. Somebody said, I believe that in the name of Jesus. So this morning, we, we want to go to the communion. And what we are going to, to do today is that we're going to say, come live in me. We're going to say, Jesus, the times are hard. I can't make it on my own. You know what our Lord Jesus Christ said to us? Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. Let's put it on the screen. He says, come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden. And what will I do? Who is he talking to here? Come to me, all you who labor. He's not driving us away. He's saying, come. Whether the labor is material, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional. For me, I think that the bulk of my wahala is this problem of justice and righteousness. Brethren, when they told me about the man 
that was using you know uh, whatever water to bottle and sell as pure as um, bottled water i couldn't get angry with the man i said how do i chide this man when there's iniquity everywhere how do you as a teacher lecturer child a student that is cheating in the exam when professors are cheating how do you correct somebody that is lying to you know make extra two thousand naira when people are bold-faced sadly you know lying and behaving like they don't do you understand what i'm saying that's the danger we're in a nation it's worse than an, an atomic bomb if you don't know there is no place to lift up to and see hope everywhere look at what is happening in our political scene the only language that is being spoken is money no character no integrity i heard ababio is the one that is uh, contesting for senior president you know what he told them don't laugh he's the best among some of them Ababio is the one that the off the mic. How many of us remember off the mic? <laughs> Ababio said, don't judge me based on my performance at NDDC. So somebody comes to do interview in your company. And you get the reference from the last company he worked. He cleaned out. He stole all their money, destroyed all their goods. And he said, oh God, please don't judge me based on Senate president distinguished in a country. And you want me to be normal. It's not easy to be normal. It's a load. Thank God my children are grown to even reason. How do you tell little children? When we're growing up, we used to look at the leaders and say, Ah, Nam, they're Yeah, And, you know, we used to look at and read the things they did. What are you going to read about the people who are there? What are you going to read? You read, they say this one. They say, no. He said, I remember. The, the first one that started, Evan, Evans. How many of us remember Evans? Say, my name is Evan. My name is not Evans. They convicted him as ever. But that was, we didn't know they were still starting then. All kinds of things happening. But you see, if we are not careful, it's going to affect who we are. Praise the Lord. So we need the help of God. We need the spirit of Christ to enable us to stand and still bear fruit in this situation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because you see, it can weigh you down. It can put you in a place of no expectation. No hope. No assurance. Nothing. Because you're wondering... How is this possible? Is this the best amongst us? Are these the best they could find? Doesn't this man fear God? Don't they fear God? Don't they have a basic love for what is right? You know, human beings, no matter how bad we are, you see, we can still say this is wrong. But we're in a nation now where evil is labeled as good. And good is labeled as evil. And it's become a national policy. We need Christ. Praise the Lord. We need the anointing. That's what I'm saying. You may never know. This thing seeps in small. You begin to change your judgments. You begin to change your, you know, your reaction to life. I told us how it happened a few years ago. I think that's about almost 15 years ago in Joss. When this, uh, um, the non-Muslims, let me not say Christian, started eating the flesh of the enemies. It happened. The extent of affliction and wickedness and all of that now made them so they justified it. We don't want to get there. Praise the Lord somebody. Because the pressure is pushing on us. It's hitting on us. You're just seeing so much evil. You're seeing people get away with it. You're seeing people endorse it. You're wondering, what, what are your values? What do you value? Are you still a human being? Do you still you know, want to say this is right and this is wrong? And in all of that, the word of God does not make an excuse for us. It doesn't say, well, you can be mean a bit. No, you're not allowed to be mean. 
You're not allowed to be unchristian. You're not allowed to be unloving. You're not allowed to be, uh, you know, unkind. You're not allowed to hate. You're not allowed any of that. You must remain in Christ. You must remain salt. You must remain light. That's where we are. And the mercy of God and the assurance of God is in that scripture where we're reading now. Let's continue. Say, come to me, all you who labor and I'll give you rest. 29 says, take my yoke upon you. And says what? And learn from me. When I take his yoke, I don't respond for me. A yoke is put on the neck between a stronger animal and a weaker animal. No matter how weak the weak animal is and wants to drop, the stronger animal is carrying it and moving along. That's why we have to take the yoke of Christ. So when it doesn't make sense, the strength of Christ works in us. He puts us through. Praise the Lord. And what happens is this. It says... I'm gentle and lowly in heart. And what's going to happen? Instead of us fainting, it says you will find rest for your souls. We will all find rest in the name of Jesus. We will find peace in practicing who we are. We'll find peace in digging in, not selling out. We'll find peace in holding on. We'll find peace in saying our God will come through. Our God will show up. Our God will show off. For those who miss the throne room, you, you really miss. But one of the things we understood from the throne room is that Christianity is built on the fact that God will accompany you with signs and wonders. Those signs and wonders, some of them are spectacular. In which case, you can say this is how it happened. But some of them, you will look back and wonder, how did you make it through? Some of us here, if we just shut our eyes and looked at back some seasons in our lives, you will know that you crossed the Red Sea on foot. Because of the wonderful things God did. Maybe in your health, maybe in your finances, maybe in your business. You look back, you, you know that had it not been for the Lord who was on your side, you would never have made it. That is the miraculous working power of God. Somehow, somehow, he made a way, he made a way. That's what he assures us. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So, times, moments come and you look at it, I'm finished. But God takes you through. Then you look, you're able to look back and know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's bow our heads as we go to the Lord in prayer. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09-290-9000 or 703 You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.